Some of us didn't have a background like Joshua. Some of us have a background like Rahab. Rahab. And I'm here to tell you, you're looking at a pastor who identifies with Rahab. You're looking at a a pastor that before he got saved, he lived in a lot of darkness. And and it's a beautiful story. Because what I love about Rahab the most is it shows us this. That no one is beyond redemption. There is no one on this planet that is beyond being redeemed and saved and delivered and healed. What a beautiful testimony. I'm so thankful that Rahab's in the, in, the, in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Because she tells us a lot about grace. And she tells us a lot about redemption. And she tells us a lot about hope. And she tells us a lot about faith. And for that, I am so thankful. And I hope you are too. So what I want to do is, looking at all 21 verses this week, I want to teach preach this morning on four points. I want to drive four points home this morning from Joshua uh, chapter 2 and the story of Rahab. I'm going to give you four bullet points from this passage that you can take home and chew on. And the first bullet point is this. Rahab teaches us that no one is beyond redemption. She was Rahab the harlot. That word harlot means it's a prostitute. It's one who sells her body for financial gain in exchange for sexual pleasure. She was a prostitute. She lived a very dark life. She lived a dark life. She, uh, she worked in the dark street corners of Jericho back in that day. And it was a life of bondage. And it was a life of shame on her part. You know, the, the world of sexual immorality is bondage. It's bondage. Whether it's pornography, homosexuality, sexual immorality, whatever category it is, there's only, there's only one uh, God-ordained sex. And that's sex between a husband and a wife that are married. But, but, but sexual immorality, it, it enslaves men and women. It holds us down. It, it, it tears our soul apart. And it destroys everything that the Lord wants to do in our lives. But I got good news for you. I got good news for you. If you struggle in this area of your life, there is good news. There is a way out. There is a way out and there is a pathway out of this lifestyle. And that pathway has a name, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. God will save, deliver, and heal anyone who places their trust in Christ, including a harlot, including this young lady. Listen to uh, what Jesus said in Luke 5.32. He says, um, for the holier-than-thou mentality, those with the holier-than-thou mentality, Jesus said in Luke 5.32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That was Jesus. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief. 
In other words, this is what God specializes in. This is God's specialty. You know, if you go into a restaurant and you say, man, what's the best thing you got on the menu? I want it. And they bring out that filet mignon or that steak or that shrimp or whatever. When you ask God, what's the very best? He says, this is my very best. Is redeeming the chief of sinners. You know, the, you know Jesus, uh, his words and his warnings on hell and damnation, many of them in the Gospels were to the religious leaders for their hypocrisy and, and for their, their, their double-mindedness and, and their, his, their, his strict warnings of judgment. But what did he do with the woman caught in the act of adultery? What did he say to the accusers? He said, he is without sin, cast the first stone. And what happened? Each and every one at a time, boop, 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 boop. They all went away. They all went away. He said, woman, go and sin no more. He showed grace. It does not matter how far away they are. And we need to have this biblical worldview when we see the world around us. It does not matter how far away people are from God. It doesn't matter how deep the sin, how lost, how blind, how dark. We need to remember Romans chapter 5 verse 20 which says, Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. There is no sin that our Lord cannot handle. There's no sin that a person can't come to him and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please cleanse me. Please set me free. There's no one out there that he can't deal with because he's the creator. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. And he comes to all those. That song we like to sing, he's mighty to save. He is truly mighty to save. And he delivers people out of this. So what Rahab teaches us in the scriptures, and it's a warning to those who have a holier-than-thou mentality, is it teaches us that no one is beyond redemption. You're not beyond redemption. I'm not beyond redemption. Uh, the harlots are not beyond redemption. No one is beyond redemption. Is, but if they will come to him humbly and put their trust in Christ, put their trust in the Lord, he will break the chains and give them liberty. Amen? Amen? Amen. So no one's beyond redemption. That's the first thing I see in the life of Rahab. The second thing, the second principle I see in, in, in Joshua this morning is this. Rahab's faith was complete. Rahab's faith was complete. It's very important that I say that. Uh, we're going to see in the scriptures that Rahab heard, she believed, she repented, and she had a new allegiance. Look, in, look at verse 10. Uh, Joshua 2, verse 10. In verse 10 it says, For we have heard. She, that, she uses that phrase, we have heard. And it goes on to say, how the Lord had performed his mighty works. First off, Rahab and them had heard the word of the Lord even before they got to Jericho. So she heard the word of God and she responded. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So, I ask you this morning, are you listening? Is your heart open to what God's word says? Listen and soak it in. If what I'm saying is in, align, is in, is in alignment with the scripture, then listen closely and hear the word of the Lord and open your heart to him. 
So she heard the word of the Lord. Uh, verse 10 says, we have heard how the Lord goes on to say what he did. Secondly, she believed. She believed in the God of Israel. Rahab, the harlot, believed in the Lord God Almighty. Verse 9 says, it says in verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land. In other words, there's this over-reassuring confidence in her heart that she believed and she trusted the Lord. She believed in the God of Israel. Verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land. That word know is, is gnosko. It's an experiential knowledge. It wasn't just a belief in her head, but it was a belief in her heart. I know this to be true. So we see in Rahab a trust, a faith, a belief. Thirdly, she repented. She repented. What repentance mean, simply means, Rahab changed the course of her life. You don't have to turn there. I'll bring it up on the screen. But if, if you're taking notes, it's found in James chapter 2, verse 25. But James 2.25 gives us some insight into Rahab, where James, the brother of Jesus, says this. In the same way was Rahab the prostitute not justified by works also when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? If you go back and study James chapter 2, you see the whole, the whole dynamics of, of, of faith versus works. And we believe, and when we truly believe, God gives us a heart change, and we turn away from sin. And what we see in the life of Rahab is her faith produced a change in her life, according to James chapter 2, verse 25. In other words, she turned from the old life. She simply said, you know what, I'm done with the old life. I'm turning away from it, and I'm turning to, to, to the Lord. And finally, she had a new allegiance. She had a new allegiance in life. Rahab, the prostitute, working in the dark street corners of Jericho. Now she, she's a believer in the Lord God Almighty. And what does she do? She forms a new allegiance in her heart to the Lord. And it's seen throughout this whole entire chapter. Because what does she do? She disowns Jericho. She disowns Jericho just in the same way you and I disown the things of this world. And she follows the Lord. You see her allegiance is to the mission of the spies. The spies came out of Israel. It was, it was because of the, her, their cooperation, the spies in Rahab, that the, the, the conquest takes place. The victory takes place. And it's beautiful. I ask you this morning, is your faith complete? Is your faith complete? Only you can answer that. I can't see into your hearts. But have you heard the word of the Lord? Have you heard it? And have you taken it to heart? By believing? Have you heard? Have you believed? Have you repented? The word repented does not mean perfect. Christians are not perfect. And Christians blow it along the ways. Yes, Christians will sin and they will fall. But a Christian, when they sin and they fall, they get up, they repent, they brush off the dust, and they get back on the, on the road of walking with the Lord and serving Christ. Okay, so they're not perfect. But repentance is, is just this, it's this heart attitude, this heart change that says, I don't want to live the old way. 
I don't want to live the way. I'm walking away from the old life, and I'm walking towards the Lord. And then there's this new allegiance. There's this new allegiance. Man, I want to please God. My allegiance is to, is to God's word above the world. The real test of allegiance is this. Do your values and beliefs align with Scripture? That is a true test of allegiance. When, when, the, when the world says one thing that opposes the word of God, whose side do we, who do we side with? God. And that's when we know that our allegiance is to him. That's why Christians are pro-life. That's why Christians are pro-marriage. Because our allegiance is to the Lord. Our allegiance is to God. Our allegiance is to his word. And where the word speaks, we, we, we hold firmly to that truth. That's the real test of, of, of our belief and our, and our allegiance is to the Lord. The third principle I present to you this morning, looking at Rahab in, in uh, Joshua chapter 2, is Rahab's faith produced a desire for the salvation of her family. Do we care about our loved ones? Do, do we love them? Do we have a d- deep desire in our hearts to see our relatives and see our friends and see our neighbors come to the Lord? But I want to bring your attention to verse 12. Look at Joshua chapter 2, verse 12, verses 12 and 13. Look at the statement concerning Rahab. Verse 12 says, Now therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge. And here it is. And spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. You see, Rahab knew that they would perish under the coming judgment that was going to come upon Jericho by the children of Israel when they went in there and leveled the city. And what did she do? The same thing that you and I would do. She, she loved her family. She, she loved her family. She cared for them. And she wanted them to be delivered. You know, it's, it's not just enough for me to know that I'm going to heaven because, because of my relationship and my faith in Christ Jesus. I want other people to know. I want other people to know the love of God in Christ Jesus. I want other people to know the redeeming love of Christ Jesus. I want my family to experience salvation. I want my neighbors to experience salvation. And that should truly be our heart cry. That should truly be our heart cry. Do we care for our neighbors? Do we care for our loved ones? Ray Comfort, my favorite evangelist, says this, if you're not concerned about your neighbor's salvation, then I'm concerned for yours. That's what Ray says. Authentic faith produces, authentic faith produces a desire within us to see our loved ones come to Christ. And with a heart of compassion and a heart of love that we just want, we want to see them come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But notice in Joshua chapter 2, there is a stipulation. There is a stipulation and there is a, a, a requirement. And what is that requirement for the family? They have to leave the streets of Jericho and they have to enter in to her home. And they have to stay in this home where she's going to be given instructions. Hey, hang a scarlet 
cord, a scarlet thread from the window. And when we see that scarlet thread, we will know to pass over this home. So there was a requirement for our family. We need to lovingly, 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 gracefully, 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 in a spirit of humiliation, not in a religious spirit or a judgmental spirit, but tell our family about Christ Jesus. And say, my aunt, uncle, son, daughter, mom, dad, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, this we know, for the Bible tells us so. But our sin separates us. And what you need to do, aunt, uncle, uh, son, daughter, mother, father, is put your trust in Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but the thought of witnessing to a family member makes me nervous. The thought of witnessing to a loved one makes me nervous. It makes my knees knock. And it gives me sweaty forehead and sweaty palms. But we got to overcome that fear and swallow our pride and lovingly share the gospel with our loved ones. Rahab wanted the salvation of her loved ones, and so should we. The fourth and final uh, principle I present to you from, the, from what we learn from the faith of Rahab is this. Another, and again, these are, these are overarching principles of the whole passage, is this. The scarlet cord, Jericho, and Rahab are a picture of the world today. They, 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 these are a picture of the world today. The scarlet cord that we read in, in Joshua chapter 2 is in the window, according to verses 18 and verses 21. And what's the, what's the, what's, what's the color of scarlet? Crimson crimson dark red and whenever you see this you see this a lot throughout the scriptures this this crimson this dark red color this mentioned this weaved in and out of uh, most of the books of the old testament why because we have the gospel oh that's so beautiful look at her she is so pretty um but you have this beautiful thread throughout the whole entire old testament of the gospel of jesus christ and the blood that would be shed. The scarlet cord in the window is a reminder of the blood applied on the doorpost in Egypt. Remember what was said? Take blood and apply it to the doorpost, and when the death angel comes through, judgment would pass over, and judgment wouldn't come upon those in that home. Same thing that's taking place here. The death angel passed over those who had blood on the doorpost, and now the judgment's going to pass over uh, Rahab and her family. The bloodshed in the tabernacle, the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. What was it that had to, 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 to be done in order for forgiveness to take place in the Old Testament? Blood had to be shed. Crimson had to flow. The book of Hebrews tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And ultimately, when I look at the Bible and I, and I pull way back and I look at all the books of the Bible and look at the whole Bible in a whole, the, the scarlet cord in the window of, of Rahab's apartment, it ultimately points to the dark crimson flow from the Lamb of God at the cross. That's what it points to. All these Old Testament, the lamb being sacrificed, um, 
the blood on the doorpost in Egypt, all these sacrifices in the Old Testament, they were, they were, just, they were shadows. They were shadows and they were pictures of the ultimate sacrifice that would be to come. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice. You, know, you do not go to heaven because you're a good person. Being a good person will not get you into heaven. Why? Because there, no such thing exists. There's no such thing as a good person. What is a good person? A, a, a good person is, is someone that is perfect and that has never broken God's moral law. Well, the truth is, that person does not exist. We're all sinners in need of redemption. We've all broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, and we're all guilty, and we need forgiveness. But we do not go to heaven because we're a good person. It's only by the scarlet cord that you get to go to heaven. And that scarlet cord is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Christ Jesus that he shed for you at Calvary so you could be forgiven. Are you trusting in that blood this morning? Are you trusting in that sacrifice at the cross for your eternal salvation? You know, when I, when I, when I stand before God on Judgment Day, I'm not going to look at my works. I'm not going to look at the life I lived. I'm not going to be looking at nothing but, Lord, the blood, the cross. That's, that's my claim to righteousness. It's, it's, it's not righteousness in and of me, but it's the righteousness of Christ Jesus. It's the blood. Blood hanging as a scarlet cord <coughs> on the window of my heart. On the window of my heart. So that's the scarlet cord. Jericho. Jericho. Just like Jericho, judgment is coming. Time is short. And it's your job and my job to warn people that Christ will return. Christ will return to this earth. And if we are faithful Christians, if we are faithful, we will let people know. We will let people know. Paul said in Acts 17, chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, God is now declaring to men all that people everywhere should repent because he's fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And if you and I are faithful in a spirit of love and a spirit of grace and a spirit of truth, we will share the, not only the good news, Yes, it's beautiful, it's glorious good news that Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of everything, that he gives me his Holy Spirit, and I get to live this new life. Not only do we offer them the good news, but they also need to rightly understand the bad news. Because the good news is not good news without you understanding the bad news. And the bad news is, is before we come to Christ, we're under God's judgment. We're under God's judgment. We're living in darkness. We have scales over our eyes, and we can't see um, the Lord. We don't have faith. That's the bad news, is that we're heading towards eternal damnation. That's bad news. But once you understand that bad news, and that you're under God's judgment, and you're heading in that direction, and then you understand that Jesus died on the cross, so that you could be forgiven, and given a new life, and spend eternity in heaven... It becomes glorious, beautiful, good news. We need to rightly understand the good news and the bad news. I want to close my teaching this morning with three questions. Three questions. My, my, that fourth bullet up there says, Rahab... Oh, I, I forgot to put the scarlet cord. My, 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 my bad. Uh, but it was, it was um, the scarlet cord, Rahab, and Jericho. And finally, on the... On the the element of, of Rahab being a picture of the world today, that's where I was trying to go, 
is I want to close my teaching this morning with three questions to engage your mind this morning. Three questions. Number one, will you be like Rahab and hear the word of the Lord and believe? Will you be like Rahab? And will you open your Bible? Not only come to church and hear the Bible taught, but you read the Bible for yourself. It's your home, by your bedside, in your morning time. Read the word for yourself and hear the word of the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit speak and lead you and guide you. And let the Holy Spirit open your heart so that you can believe God's word with all your heart. I believe, based on the evidence of Rahab's life, man, she believed with all of her heart. She was, this, she was like, I'm in. I believe in the Lord God of Israel. Uh, she told the spies, back there in Joshua chapter 2, she says, We heard, we heard, we knew what happened to you guys in the, in the, in the desert. We heard about your crossing the Red Sea. We heard about the deliverance from Egypt. And it overwhelmed her. And she, all she could do was respond in faith and believe. But will you and I be like Rahab? And will we believe the word of the Lord? Will we believe? Number two. Number two. Talking about Rahab in our present world today. Being an example for you and me. Number two is this. Will you be like Rahab? Repent and flee the lust of the flesh and serve the Lord. You know, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest and let's be real. We all struggle with the flesh. Pastor David struggles with the lust of the flesh comes along and knocks on the door of my life and tries to entice me and tries to bring me in. And what do I do? I have a choice. I have a choice. I can resist it and fight it. Or I can give in. I can give in. Let's pray and let's be people that say, you know what? I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight the lust of the flesh. I, I, I'm going to fight the good fight. And I'm going to flee from lust. And I'm going to serve the Lord. Talking about how we live our lives and everyday living. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This is what Rahab did. In Matthew chapter 1, I don't have the verse written in front of me, but Matthew chapter 1 around between verses 4 and 6 right in there, we learn this. Rahab, not only does she go on to live her life for the Lord and serve the Lord, but she becomes part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God uses her in a mighty and magnificent way. To think that she went, she went from the, the dark alleys of Jericho to being used to bring Yeshua Messiah into this world. To not only that, becoming a hero of the faith. Do you see the redeeming power of God? Do you see what he can do when, we, when you surrender to him? When you surrender your life to him. But, but it starts with you and I declaring all out war against our flesh. And saying, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise up. Holy Spirit, give me the strength. Give me the power. Give me the intestinal fortitude to fight the good fight. 
You know, the truth of the matter is, I know there's, I, I know there's people here this morning that are struggling and they're wrestling with their carnal flesh. Because I've been there. I've been there, done that, and I've checked the block. And I want to tell you this morning, man, you can win the fight. You can win the fight. Put all your trust, all your faith, all your hope in the Lord. Get your nose in the Word. Get your heart yielded to the Spirit. And let Him give you victory. You know, and if you've fallen, get back up. Welcome to the club. Get back up, brush the dust off, and keep going forward. All right, what, what do we like to say, Maurice? Stay the what? Stay the course. Stay the course. Number three. Um, third question I ask you this morning from the life of Rahab, looking at our world today, is this. Will you be like Rahab, forsake this world to follow Christ? Will you be like Rahab to forsake this world, forsake the ways of the world? Just like she did Jericho, she, she abandoned her old sinful life. She abandoned the way she lived. She abandoned the way she thought. And she abandoned what she believed before Christ. And she gave it all to the Lord. She said, Lord, your ways are going to be my ways. And I'm leaving this world behind to follow Christ, to serve you. Guys, this is, this is serving Christ. This is serving the Lord. When we look at all these great examples, you know the only difference between us, and, between us living in the New Covenant and them living in the Old Covenant is, is we look back to the great sacrifice of Jesus. They looked forward to the future Messiah. And they kept their eyes on the Lord. God offers everyone. God offers you and I. He offers our neighbors and he offers all of our family. He offers us a scarlet thread to put into the window of our heart. And that scarlet thread is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, let that be the centerpiece of your heart. Not your good works, not your church, not your religious duties, not works, but let it be the fact that Christ died for me on the cross. He rose from the grave and he is in my heart and he's living inside of me. And that is my scarlet thread. That is the scarlet thread that, that judgment will pass over and that I will be forgiven and that I have the righteousness of Christ. That's what we learned this morning from, from Rahab. That is, is a beautiful story of redemption from the dark alleys to the hall of faith. And I'm here to tell you, he can do it for you. He can do it for you. Let him, let him, let this be the day that you put your foot down and you make a decision. Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you. In whatever areas you struggle in in life, and I know most of us do have areas of our life that we wrestle with, that we fight with, surrender that area to him. And let him come in and do his amazing work and do his amazing grace and heal our hearts. Amen? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for uh, Joshua chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. As we've looked at the faith of uh, Rahab the harlot, Lord, let this humble us and give us a thankful heart to you for grace. Knowing, Lord, that you offer this grace to all men.
you offer this redemption to all men. That no one is beyond your redeeming love, your redeeming power. So Father, thank you for Rahab. Now Lord, help us to live out these principles. Help us, Lord, to uh, desire the salvation of our family. Help us to understand that no one is beyond redemption. Help us to hear your word, believe your word, turn from the old life, and walk with a new allegiance in life. And that allegiance is to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In Christ's name we pray, Lord God. Amen. Amen.